Nerd School is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Hey, fellows. It's the first night of eleven of the season. Nerd School. Nerd School. My glasses are broken. This will begin season two of Nerd School. Welcome back to season two, Nerd High. Glad to have you. It's going to be crazy stunts. We're going to. No. Joe's going to bring more penis jokes. Not penis stuff. I am a super nerd. The Nerd School Podcast. Starring Andy. Star Spangle Man with a plan. Maybe I'll try to do a cartwheel. TBJ. Congratulations. You did dirt. Ta-da. I got no shame. All my exes can tune in. We can have an episode oh, where I compare them to all the Marvel villains. We can do that. Art star. I don't love Wiener. I'm just trying to make money. Lord <laughs> Artemis Prime. No. Yeah, my real name is Joe. Did I ever tell you about the time I hung out with uh, DMC at Mertz? The Nerd School Podcast. Uh, all right. So, what's your guys' deal? <laughs> is, it that, is that how we open episodes? Man? Yeah. <laughs> how long has it been? We we it's been a while since we recorded anything. It has. Yeah, because we there were so many of of the last one was so long, and it's still so. I mean, it's but it's also. I don't want to say it's pretty late because I'm a I'm a vampire anyway. But mm-hmm. this is a late recording. Yeah. It's, it's so nine o'clock as a recording, you guys, just in case. Yeah, and this might, yeah. This just in case good. you're listening at us at six in the morning, it's 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 nine for us. Yeah, it's either going to go really late or it's yeah. maybe it'll be a real short one because Ant Man is very small. Yes. Ant Man. No one followed that up. I'm like, hey, Andy just made a really bad pun. Yeah. And I did, you know, and people like, silence. No, oh, it was brilliant, but I muted myself because in case we go along today, because I always end because I'm starving, I am eating while we record. Yeah, what are you? This can be an ASMR mm-hmm. so we can listen to you eat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or it could be a mukbang podcast. You tell us what you're eating. We're not going to do that. Just All right. Quietly <laughs> while we dive into can, it. Can you, just, can you just crinkle some paper up? Really slow and delicately. No. What does what does ASMR stand for? Audio stimulation. My mother fucker. On, I'm looking, Andy. I suppose I could have just done that part. Autom- <laughs> autonomous sensory meridian response. That's so what I basically said. a transformer. It's a tingling sensation that usually begins in the scalp and moves back to the neck and upper spine. That's the feeling people get with ASMR. And it's usually just people talking like this, or it's, it's like, like or they do this. It's them talking and all the noises that go with it. So like if I talk and then you hear my, my lips pop. Or just slowly tapping or on the table. Eating potato yeah. chips. Mm-hmm. Or just occasionally sitting around scratching yourself and belching. There's a it's girl on YouTube who just genre. she rubs like brushes on the microphone and all the comments are like take your shirt off and sexually harass but here's her. the thing right like of when course, i first seen of this would do that yeah when i first seen the whole asmr type thing i i automatically assume because i'm assuming i like to this day i'm still assuming that it's highly sexually in nature to some extent right yeah, to like, some people it's, it's stimulating your brain then it's also just like usually and this, I'm not trying to be stereotypical, but usually when like if you go on YouTube and you look at look for these videos, what do you? It's like it's like now there's there's like this new breed of Twitch gamers where like I don't ah it's it's like me saying it is definitely kind of sort of problematic, but it's like you know they're like the whole hot tub kind of thing or whatever. But you're watching this 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 female play a video game, but she's because you know you, you, Twitch Twitch streamers make a lot can make a lot of money, right? Yeah, and it's, and a lot of times it's usually I don't want to or it's usually mostly men who may be watching some of these streams. Well, men are it's so not, disgusting. Like, women, they'll turn playing, like, mm-hmm. they'll turn bad. everything into a sexual everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, but, but on, in the same token, you have well, women who 
who buy into that. Like, so that's. I don't know if they buy into it or it is. When I say buy into it, when I say buy into it, when I say buy into it, I mean, here's this woman, you know, she knows that men, men are sluts. Men are like dogs, like, oh, a ball. Yeah. So, but she comes out and she's playing Stardew Valley, which is a life sim, which basically is all about tediously doing mundane tasks. But she has on a halter top and she's spilling out. And men are sitting there spending $20 here. She's, that's smart. Here, that sounds smart to me. Chat. Right. So that's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, because you you're going to sexualize her regardless. Like, if she came on and played that game and just happened to be in a regular t-shirt, mm-hmm. not baggy, someone in the comments are going to sexualize her anyway. But she, yeah. The thing is, she's like, you know what? Because it's your it. stream, though, because it's your stream, you can regulate that. You have mods. Yeah, but if oh, she this can also comes get in paid. and he sit there and say, take off the top, ban him. Boom. <laughs> Problem solved. Well, she knows that that money's coming. Exactly. Yeah, so, that's what I'm saying. So, that's what I'm saying. I think just when the I fact. going to come off problematically and say, she's buying into it. It's not necessarily her sitting there saying, I'm straight buying, buying into it. She's using that. It's an, she's using it to her advantage. She's yeah. playing the game. Yeah, more power she's playing to playing the her, game well. Yeah. But it's it's the concept. There's a there's a large number of strippers who take advantage of money who don't even like dudes who are lesbian AF. Yeah, they have the body and they're about to take it down to the club. Well, an, an, about to throw dollars at all of them, and when they go home, they think about you. But they got that money, so <laughs> oh, I don't know if you buy into it or it's going. Fuck it. If you're going to sexualize me anyway, not that it's right to sexualize women because check yourself, dudes. No, um, yeah, that's the problem. That's there the pro- are some women who are just gonna go. You know what? Can't escape it. Let's let's. I'm convinced. I'm convinced. There's you know there's somebody sexualizing everything, anything, like Martha Stewart or like you know Nancy oh, somebody Pelosi. Somebody is definitely getting off to Martha Stewart and loving it. You know, see yeah, Everett. See Everett Coop. <laughs> like people are like, oh yeah, see Everett Coop. Ah <laughs> uh, yeah, former church in general. Church in general. Ah, uh, Janet Reno. Oh, yeah. Oh, Pee Wee Herman. Ah, oh, Cherry. It is, no matter what. Anything. It could be just a, just a, it could be a picture of a stapler on the screen with a woman <laughs> talking and somebody's yeah. getting a boner. Oh, my God. Staplers do it for me. Because men are weird, weird O's. <laughs> yes, that's that, an understatement. Yeah. That so, is a hell of an understatement. Speaking of weirdos, Herman's a weirdos. 2015's Ant Man starred a. A silly weirdo, Paul Rudd. Unaging, a, an unaging silly weirdo. Yeah, unlikely. Who the few times have been voted, you know, one of the hottest men in the world. Yes, yeah, so. sexiest man in the world, but he's an unlikely hero, I would say. Right? He's more of a comedy you know guy. or He was also unlikely uh, as the, uh, the sudden romantic lead in Clueless because I remember yeah. watching Clueless. Yeah, and suddenly, like she had this big revelation that she was in love with her brother, yeah. and it was like, the weirdest <laughs> yeah. thing. And I then, love my brother, and I forgot someone said, "Oh, wait, it's, it's it's his step, her stepbrother, so it's allowed." Something yeah, like that. Yeah, and they didn't really see each other. There was a lot of uh, step uh, relative in the porn world, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> videos. Uh, I I only know from my project that I take porn videos and I take I cut out all the sex. Um, there's 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 I saw a thing on the internet once that was like porn made safe for work and it was just like people <laughs> doing like like taking a porn scene like putting MS Paint all over it and making it all look like it's like somebody's playing the accordion or something. Instead of, <laughs> I didn't think about that. I was yeah. just gonna do all the parts like the dumb dialogue when they. Ding dong! Hey, somebody order a pizza. It's so that. weird that someone thought to. I need to make porn safe at work. Hop, here's a novel concept. <laughs> don't watch porn at work. Yeah, I know it's crazy, kids. Yeah, it, it was like a joke video for it was like twenty seconds of just. But quick... you know, someone, someone, someone was like, "Hell yeah!" Speaking of watching porn at work, Ant Man. <laughs> <laughs> Would not is that man porn? Watch porn at work because porn? he can't get a job because he's got a record, and even the Baskin Robbins always finds out and gets rid of him. Yeah, he can't really watch porn at Baskin Robbins. Directed no. by Peyton Reed. 
which I don't know anything about Peyton Reed. Uh, well, he was a step in. Uh, this movie was in development f- way before even Iron Man came out. Really? Like Howard yep. Stern tried to buy the rights in 2000 to make an Ant-Man movie, I guess. But this that started would have been a very different. Ant-Man. Yeah, that's interesting. It no started idea. development in 2006 before Iron Man, and then uh, like it was Edgar Wright, the director of. Uh, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. Oh yeah, and, and Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which is a movie we should watch and talk about at some point. Definitely comic based nerd. Is that stuff. nerdy? It's comic based. Yeah, oh, yeah. it's a great video game too. If it's anything yeah. like those other, like Shaun of the Dead, I'm up for that. Yeah, uh, and... you never watched Scott versus Scott Pilgrim versus the World? No, I, I consider yeah. doing that Michael when we. Sarah. Yeah, when we took our uh, uh, Marvel break, I was I was thinking you about recommending that. that. Into... This summer's rotation. One of you. I picked. mean, we are approaching the end of a phase. That's what is it? The end of a phase. This uh, this movie is the end of phase two of the Marvel S MCU. Okay. Yes, but uh, so Edgar Wright was gonna write and develop this, and he was working on various versions of this until 2014, when they kind of uh, realized that the movie, like he described it as. I wanted to make a Marvel movie, but I don't think they really wanted to make an Edgar Wright movie. So, like, they've, like, he was working on this, and they used a lot, he wrote a lot of this film, and they used a lot of his script, I think, really? for this. But I think there's oh, probably yeah. it says, some conflict, it, yeah. yeah, between the creative, what he wanted to do with it, and what Marvel needed him to do with it to fit in with the rest of the MCU. Okay. It says writers on IMDb, it says Edgar Wright. He's got the top build writer, Joe Cornish and Adam McKay. Yeah, they they worked on this for a long time and various permutations of it. That's until... interesting. So so it's safe to say this was going to be done before they even had the MCU idea? Uh, or, well, think, I mean, if, think were... if Howard Stern had bought the rights in 2000, yeah. I think it would be a whole different vibe. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I mean, the... I think they were, yeah, I think this was before, maybe even before Marvel Studios itself was really a thing. Like, they just went in and were trying to get the rights. Like, Ant-Man was one of the things they had the rights to after they after Marvel had sold off the rights to so many of their characters to try to stay afloat, because they almost went bankrupt in the 90s. Yeah. and So they shelved this movie, then did Iron Man and the other stuff. Well, it was in or development. Different people did the. I, I don't know if it ever got shelved, but okay. it was like on the back burner, and it wasn't like the priority to make sure we lead with Ant Man. Well, and so but maybe Ant-Man. once they did the other ones, and they were like, "Oh, hey, we were gonna do this one. Yeah, this might fit perfectly." And Ant Man was is an Avenger. Ant Man, Hank Pym, the Michael Douglas character, yeah, is actually one of the founding Avengers. And okay. Hank Pym has the one of the weirdest Marvel character histories because he's gone through several different uh, identities as like <laughs> costumed names and stuff. Like here, I, I made a quick list of this. Okay. Like he first appeared as just a, a random doctor experimenting with shrinky shit in Tales to Astonish number twenty seven in nineteen sixty two. Stanley and Jack Kirby created him. Uh, then the in issue 35 of that series tales to astonish which is a line in this movie darren cross says it at one point talking about uh, yes yes tales to astonish, tales to astonish. that was, was uh, like, a clever that's, thing yeah that's a nod and then uh in 1963 he was one of the founding avengers he was ant-man uh and then he became giant man in tales to astonish number 49 with like well if i can shrink i can grow so i'm also a giant man uh, and then he changed his name to Goliath in Avengers number 28, three years later. And then two years after that, he became Yellow Jacket in Avengers number 59. Uh, and then uh, in the 80s, he just he kind of had some troubles. There's we'll go into the history of Hank Pym and uh, the troubled history of Hank Pym. But he's like sort of retired from being a costume guy. But he was just I'm Dr. Pym. I'm going to wear like this red jumpsuit. I'm going to do science stuff. I'm going to join the West Coast Avengers in 1987. And then he actually... did they have the East Coast and West Coast Avengers? Like the East Coast, West Coast (laughs) All-Stars? Kind (laughs) of. The main Avengers were always based in New York. The Avengers Mansion was in New York. Avengers Tower is in New York. 
but they decided Lil Kim. Off. That's Lil Kim's in that one, or is Lil Kim in the West Coast? I can't remember. Uh, I think she's East Coast. She's with Biggie, right? Yeah, I think so. Lil Kim is East Coast. Lil yeah, Kim. all day. Uh, but uh, Little Wasp was there as well. But it's uh, then uh, at, in the eighties they said, well, let's let's do a different Avengers. Let's we have so many different people who have been in the Avengers. Let's make a new team, put it on the West Coast, and have different Avengers there, so we can have two Avengers teams going. Okay. So they did that. And then in 2009, uh, uh, the Wasp had died. So he sort of became the Wasp in honor of her. Uh, and then in the last decade, he kind of went crazy and became Ultron. <laughs> somehow. Oh, Hank Pym did. Okay. Hank Pym is the original creator of Ultron, oh. uh, which was, uh, we talked about in Age of Ultron that they kind of changed it from being Hank Pym to Tony Stark. And thus, Ultron, the character, kind of changed with that. Oh, I must have been in the bathroom when he said that. Yeah, you probably <laughs> were. Well, I mean, this is where we get to talk about who Hank Pym is. Before, I just said, you probably didn't know, oh, who's Hank Pym? I don't know, whatever. Hey, I, didn't, I don't sound like that. Yeah, you sound like... I sound no, more sound like, like this. Hey, who's Hank Pym? Yeah, who's that's, that not, that's, that's not how you sound. So who's that guy? <laughs> hey guys, okay. Hey, I don't sound like that. Hey guys, hey, that's, Cart- that's Cartman. Yeah, <laughs> he might not be far off, Jim. Okay, so Starring anyway, Paul Rudd, yeah. Michael Douglas, and Corey Stoll. Okay, you're still talking about Hank Pym. Yeah, a little what bit. more. You want to say about him? <laughs> uh, I mean, we'll get we'll talk about him quite a bit, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So we can jump in. Michael Douglas plays him. Mm-hmm. And are people happy with this casting generally when it started? Like, do uh, does everybody hate Corey Stoll or I mean, Corey Stoll was a great actor. He was awesome in um, House of Cards. Oh, I never saw that's Cards. what I know him never from. I know House of from Cards? something. Wait, is that the Kevin Spacey I haven't thing? Watched House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I think that's what I, I know. Watch Kevin from. Spacey anymore. I watched the first. Well, Kevin Spacey got kicked off of it, so he was, yeah. you know, they got they they booted him. Well, yeah, he was he was uh, problematic. Yep. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so like Hank Pym's been through a lot of stuff. I don't, as far as I know, his casting, I think it was fine. I think some nerds were probably like a little sad that Hank, like Hank Pym and the, the Ant Man and the Wasp, are founding members of the Avengers originally. Right. So it's it's a little. But uh, they weren't. They weren't originally father daughter right it wasn't hope it was right well his we'll wife who, the one this, who's in space or yeah the one who shrank into quantum. oblivion that's the wasp that's janet van dyne that's, that's the original mama. Okay. yeah <laughs> that's the mom okay and we'll learn more about her in ant-man and the wasp the sequel to this okay but uh, those two are founding members of the original lineup of the avengers it was iron man thor hulk ant-man wasp captain america wasn't even on there and so it's 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 like a little sad for some nerds to go. Oh well, it took two Avengers movies before we get these guys in the thing, but they're at least they're there. Yeah, they are there. They're there now. But it's very clear they're not Avengers. And kind of when Paul Rudd's like, "Hey, you should call the Avengers." And he's like, "Ah, I, anything I can do to keep my formula away from Tony Stark." He was an anti-Avengers. He was anti-Stark. Uh, yeah, anti-Stark, yeah, which is. Like the first scene is the flashback to the eighties where we see some Peggy Carter and Howard Stark. Yeah, Peggy yeah. Carter. Yeah. Also, can I say this real quick? Yeah, you can say whatever and you again, want. Again, I don't even. I, I'm. I don't even know why I'm saying this. But I love you too, Art. I know what you're going to say. I also love you. <laughs> <laughs> um, the whole thing with you know him and Stark, like it comes. It kind of comes up a little bit again in the next movie but again i don't again i don't know why i stopped this to tell you joke it, it's just gonna go over your head yeah we'll find yeah. it there but well, there is a, a bit of a history of a rivalry between hank pym and tony stark in the comics as well there's mm-hmm. uh hank and jan hank and janet had some marital issues which we'll we can go into later but uh and but there was a time where like Hank Pym was like in prison. He was having like a mental breakdown, and he was in jail for doing some shit. Like when he was Yellow Jacket, he kind of went off the rails. Yeah, and uh, I think he was framed or something. But uh, they had split up for a while, and Tony Stark kind of dated her for a little while, and that kind oh. of you don't uh, don't uh, date the man's wife. 
Yeah. Tony Stark did not Howard Stark. Yeah, Tony Stark, yeah. Okay. So in this iteration, it seems like uh, Hank is a little more towards the age of Howard, a little bit older. Yeah. It opens with Hank mad at Howard in 1989 and isn't, I was trying to do the math. I was like, isn't Agent Carter a little too young? Like, shouldn't she be a lot older than they make her? Like, they, or maybe she's just pretty. She was young in 1945. So, and this is what? 89. 40 years later. 40 years later. She should be 80 something. Well, she could be like, 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 look at Helen Merritt. Helen Merritt is old, but you know, she She doesn't look as old as she is. She looks 60 ish, maybe. Yeah. I mean, she's, it's a, Helen, Art Star has a crush on Helen Mirren. Who doesn't? I ain't gonna lie. Ain't gonna lie. <laughs> Who doesn't? I mean, she, listen, she can get it. I don't. I think I'm thinking of somebody else. Are you thinking of Helen Hunt? Oh no, I think I'm thinking of Helen Mirren. I, she's she's an older gal. Maybe she, she just doesn't do it for you. Doesn't do it for me. Uh, okay. I thought you were talking about Helen from uh, the Ropers. Uh, <laughs> not Helen Roper. <laughs> no, Joe. 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 Like Joe has like a lot of B. Arthur love. You know. I do love the Golden Girls. I love those ladies. <laughs> well, Hank is mad that they're stealing his formula, and Michael Douglas. I felt like Michael Douglas looks great. Like they really did a good job making him look young without mm-hmm. it looking like makeup or something. I don't know. How, like CGI well, they use, or something. They use, it was CGI, but then they also used like images from earlier movies for him. That's and what I'm thinking. For, um, what's his name? The uh, oh, I forgot the fucker's name. The the guy who was Shield Hydra. Yeah. Um, oh. Uh, Mitchell Carson. Yeah, Mitchell, Mitchell Carson. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they 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 used you know older films and you know a little de aging and and uh, all this other. Yeah, shit. it was really the well done. I CGI. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I thought they did a good job with that. I mean, uh, what I read, they did it. It basically did the same shit that they did. Use the same technology that they used with uh, Cat when he made you know dude look buff like a little kid, and then all of a sudden he's mm-hmm. normal I thought they just CGI'd his head onto some little guy's body. <laughs> yeah, I thought they did too. And then we got the, and then it cuts to Scott in this prison fight because he kind of says, We need a, I can't remember what the segue was, but we need a l- loser. And then it's like, <laughs> or what kind of idiot they're going to do, you know, whatever Sh- shows him uh, with uh, Peachy, uh, <laughs> punching, trading blows with Peachy. Uh, <laughs> you have to fight to get out. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Who did that, Peachy? Remember, I, oh, Peachy, yeah. I'm going to miss you, Peachy. That was pretty fun. I tell all my close friends that's the only way we can stop being friends is if we fight. So it's how I operate my friendships. You have to fight to get out. <laughs> you gotta fight to get out of it. If you know what I'm and I'm the eagle. You gotta trade punches. Uh, as long as people know the terms, I'm not sneaking up on anyone. I'm not tricking anyone. I never said you have to be sugary sweet to be nice. I just lean towards the light and not. Do you? But do you? That's. You know that there are a lot of a lot of dark Jedi who aren't uh, Sith. Just so you know, I'm not dark. I'm a wonderful disposition of sunshine. <laughs> you just, if I dare <laughs> decide you are my friend, you don't get to just walk away. It doesn't. You guys, she says this, but but TBJ has this look that she gives you. And it's almost like a death stare. That's it's the like force. Yeah, that's the force. It's the sunshine coming out of my eyes. That's the Care Bear the stare right there. Yes, <laughs> Care Bear stare. Also, you should ask yourself, what am I doing to get said look from TV? <laughs> that's the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta look within yourself, Art. <laughs> yep. <laughs> hey, I know. Hey, I know where I sit. I know where I sit. I don't sit on the throne of life. I know where I sit. I still don't want to throw him truth, okay? I'm not too peachy in the fight. Hey, hey, this is not about this is not about light and dark. This is not about the force and the this is about Ant Man. We're here and, for Ant Man, guys. We're and it's about Lewis. Luis. And Luis <laughs> comes and picks him up with his van. Michael oh, Pena, I love his Pena. character. Yeah. You know, he's you trying great. to remember his name last time, Joe, but yeah, what's his no, name? Maybe it's on Polo. 
Michael, Michael Pena. Pena. <clears throat> Michael Pena. So I feel like, where do we know him from? Do you guys know offhand? Uh, oh, he's Friday, been... Next Friday. He's been a lot of oh, stuff. Okay. But he yeah, definitely, he... next Friday was a, a big joker. Yeah. And uh, these guys, American Luis, Hustle, Luis and his yeah, crew. You know him. Yeah. Luis and his crew are Edgar Wright characters. Okay. Now, th- these guys aren't from the comics that I'm aware of, but they're just the dudes Edgar Wright would create around Ant Man, and so that's and they're great. That's why they're fun and great. And they are great. Edgar Wright. But is I great. love, I, like, I love that addition to uh, here is your hero or anti-hero. <laughs> of course, he's around a fool or two. Of course. <laughs> and here they are. And they're lovable fools. So the three wombats. The wombats. Right. Yeah. Those three wombats. Yeah. Not those three wombats. I love that. Yeah. And then what a growing great casting with these three. Uh TI. Like who would have thought TI would be I just have so to great. Well, I've always thought TI was great and charismatic. <laughs> as as a silly as this though, like Yeah, he has a goofy side. And that's yeah. what I used to love about Clifford Harris. Now, I will note he is currently problematic and there are lots of sexual assault allegations <laughs> against him. So oh, he just he just to, did something with a comedian too. Uh, he's been he's, female he's comedian. testing stand-up. He's yeah. been to like two at this point. He's been testing stand-up and going to lots of stand-up. So two incidents happened. He was at a stand-up and she alluded to some charges. Yeah. And he got very angry and vocal in the audience. And then he Nope. Did we all lose TBJ? Yep. Yep. Froze up. They are both facing charges of. Oh, hold on, TBJ. We lost you. Lost you at you... number two. Yeah. What was the second two. part? We lost you at a number two. <laughs> Did I freeze? What did you say? Yeah, we lost you. We lost you at a number two. You said number two. After the. For number one. Number one, uh, you that said he that... got vocal in the audience. Oh, dang, I had a whole speech out of the number two. <laughs> he was recently at a show on stage where he got booed and had a big thing. So he's been making his rounds, but him and his wife, I was noting, are both um, accused of sexual misconduct. So it's not just him. It's both yeah. of them. Like, both both of them together or both of them uh-huh. separately? Together. But it hurts my heart because I love him and I love when he gets a chance to act because I he does have that goofy side. And it makes me so happy. But of course, when this came out, he wasn't as problematic. But now. Which I is why we won't see him again. Probably not. Yeah. Probably I have not. the side eye my joy for this. But again, trying to separate the artist from the person here. We enjoyed his work in this. Uh, you know, shushing each other in the van was one of my favorite things. And Dave, Dave, uh, <laughs> I'm Dave. Who are you? I'm Dave. Oh, okay. You're Dave. I don't know. He was great. But so Lewis picks him up. Louis tr- picks him up, tries to get him back in the, into the life. Scott right away says, no, I'm not doing this anymore. I need to see my daughter. And this uh, is this fits in with Scott Lang. His first appearance was 1979. Okay. Uh, created by David Micheline and John Byrne and Bob Layton. And he like that was his original character arc was he was a reformed criminal who was working for Stark, actually, as an electrical engineer. Oh. And, and his daughter got sick. So he stole Hank Pym's Ant-Man suit, and he, which he was not using because he had become Yellow Jacket at the time. Okay. And he had to go rescue the only doctor that could help her. Well, I think it was like a heart transplant or something. And uh, she was the doctor was being held prisoner by Darren Cross, oh. who, who also premiered in the first Ant-Man arc in 1979. In the Marvel 79. Premiere. So these yeah. two both came in together, sort of. Yeah. Okay. Man, and, I love I love I know we've talked about this quite a bit with all these movies, but I love how they weave in these different sections yeah storylines but put them together mm-hmm. to seem like well, it's, 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 it's also paying it's one of those things where like you're you're introducing newer fans but then you're also giving i don't want to say lip service but you're giving like you know something for the people who know the character you're giving them little easter eggs little easter chicken so yeah. they can you know kind of relate i mean show you you have like you have that that nerd or that person who like I don't like how they changed this so much from what actually happened in the comic. This is not a comic book movie. This is something else totally different. Like fuck that guy for fucking with my superhero. 
but they had <laughs> they had room in this because Darren Cross, like I think, died at the end of this arc in 1979, and like was dead until this movie came out, and they just thought, oh, he's in the movie, we better revive him and do something with him. Mm-hmm. But so they revived him in the comics when this movie. And see, was again, out? that's one yeah. of those things where it's it's mostly for the comic nerd or the comic person who's in the comics, but like you know, like these these movies and these shows. When they a lot of times when they sometimes they end up introducing new characters, which then they also pull into the comic book because now you're trying to connect the comic nerd back into the back with the movie and TV nerd so you can like appease everyone. But um, it's just to me it's one of those things that that always happen. Either someone it's like Joe, you love wrestling. It's like how sometimes like when there's a movie coming out with a wrestler in it. What did the promotion do? Ah, oh, let's put this person back on television. Yeah. He's out here promoting his movie. He's in some bullshit match just yeah. so you can see his <laughs> face. And like now, all of his wrestling fans are going to be like, oh, cool. Let's go see this bullshit-ass movie. Yeah. And let's make this <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that is a soundbite that needs to Let's be. go see this bullshit-ass movie. <laughs> listen, listen. How many of y'all have seen any of them fucking John Cena uh, the Marine, I think they did one with like the Miz. They did like a what's that one that John Claude Van Damme did? Universal Soldier. They did like Universal Soldier with like I don't know if it was like the Miz or Randy Orton or some shit. Bullshit ass uh, movies. Was like Triple H in that one or something? Well, Triple H, ironically enough, was in with a Blade Three. Yeah, Blade Trinity. <laughs> he was. Yeah. Yep. The only thing I ever saw John Cena in was that Amy Schumer movie. Train wreck. Yeah, where you see his butt and his balls. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if you see his balls. I just, I, I butt and balls go so well together. This is an odd time to come back in. <laughs> yeah, we, TBJ dropped for a minute, and now it gets to hear about John Cena's um, butt and balls. I, can I make one serious point though? Because <laughs> does it have to do with balls? <laughs> no, not about the balls. Okay. I was arguing with you when I cut off about separating the artist from the oh. art, and I was oh. making a comment yeah. that it is okay to separate them if it does go against your moral compass. It is or it's not? It, it is. It yeah. is okay to separate them. So that because that's the whole thing that the whole conundrum no, I have is it like. It is okay to not separate them. Oh, it to not okay separate them. Oh, to that. To write someone off. Yeah. If they because just, that's how we've gotten away with a lot of things in Hollywood over the years. Yeah. We've dismissed behavior, bad behavior for art. What about is there like a like a statute of limitations after somebody's dead? Like can you be like, oh, they're dead now. Now I can like Michael Jackson's music. I'm still probably not gonna go watch the Michael Jackson musical. Yeah. For me. Yeah. I'm not gonna go run out and go see yeah. once, I, once I put you in the trash human category. <laughs> <laughs> so Beethoven. Um, Beethoven's out. You know he was never my dude in the first place. I think so. he did some bad things. Well, I'm just thinking about all I want is Man in the Mirror. Can I listen to Man in the Mirror alone in my Prius? You get to decide what works for you. If you you might decide. Listen, Michael Jackson's my dog forever, no matter what. My dad. No, he's him. not. I don't like what he maybe has done, but maybe he didn't though. Like I don't know. That's why it's personal choices. Yeah, you decide. And and yeah. Man in the Mirror is about a, a guy looking in the mirror and trying to make himself better. And it says Shamon. Is that the only reason you like to dance? And what about what about Prince? Uh, my name is Prince, motherfucker. He he didn't do anything bad, right? Uh, you want to read his all of his ex wives' books and how he treated them? Oh, 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 I didn't know Prince was problematic at all. He was not publicly problematic. He was. But very you read their books. But... So is he post problematic? I mean, for me, I don't like any mistreatment of women. So for me, you don't listen to Prince at all. No. Wow. Can, this is we're getting sidetracked, but can I say? Yeah, we are. I just want to say that. I just want to say this. I just want to make it clear. We go back to something. Is anyone who is like I was listening to this episode and Tiffany was not about about it, and I'm about my shit against women and and black people. So I don't want anyone to ever listen to this podcast and mistake anything I say and be like, oh, she was okay with it. For trash humans. I just want to spend. I want to spend like two minutes on this real quick. Give me like just give me two minutes. Yeah, okay, two minutes so, and go. It's not going to uh, be two minutes. 
It's going to, it's going to, I'm going to try, I'm going to try, I'm going to try. But is this, wait, wait, Art, is this on the topic of John Cena's balls or the no, uh, no, separating no, this Art is, this from is, humans? This is on the topic of, of wrestling. Oh. So, me and the guys, you know, we partake of something that you don't partake of. Anyway, and in this, on, on this medium, we were discussing, we had this one discussion recently about wrestling. And like, wrestling is a sports entertainment field. But mm-hmm. there was this one wrestler recently who fought this lady. Like, oh, yeah. Like, they're gotten yeah, away from doing, yeah, 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 it was like a mixed gender match. So here was this man, and they, they were probably, she probably, he probably had maybe 50 pounds on her. But, you know, they were still with, and again, sports entertainment is basically scripted bomb dancing. <laughs> but, yeah. But, but there's parts where, like, you know, she, he was body slamming her. Um, he put his cup in her crotch. They were just, they was going at it. This is like man and a woman fighting each other, right? Is, oh, like wait, back uh, in the day, who's ahead. putting what a cup in somebody's crotch? What are we talking about? You well, mean, oh, just, you mean like grabbing his nuts or something? No, no, she, no, she, well, what, no he, I, I, I say put a, put a, put his cup in her face. Oh, okay. So he took like he like she tried to hit him in the crotch. Oh, his he, cup he and his crotch. Yeah, he produced well, the cup. Where are we going with this? Because I we on well, the edge. What of I'm just trying to say. <laughs> my, my, my thing is, do you as a woman find anything wrong or uh, find anything wrong with a male wrestler having a match with a female wrestler where they have to get physical with each other? And it's been like back in the day, probably did it, but now in this day and age. Do you think it's okay for a male and female wrestler to have a match together? One, I don't think things are black and white. Two, they're both entertainers and they've signed a mm-hmm. contract and agreed on this match. That's mm-hmm. okay. My problem is how we depict the female in this match because we know what is scripted and what misogyny are we holding up in this fight and how we script the match. Well, what happened to a male and a woman in a match? I got no problem with the man. Listen, if she throw a punch and you throw a punch, that's both of y'all. Both of y'all are trash. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, me being pro-woman and pro-feminism doesn't mean that I'm like, no, it's a right, it's a right of a woman to decide. So if I'm a woman wrestler and I decide to take on this contract where Joe and mm-hmm. I got to fight, I made that choice. Now, as a woman about my business, I am going to ask you about the depiction of me in this battle. So we're not leaning on mm-hmm. a little bit of like be woman porn, right? With how we're handling this match. But I wouldn't disagree if she chose to, as a performer, go into the ring with someone. Mm-hmm. That shit's choreographed all day. Right. Are yeah. there real right. injuries? Yes. We know that. I don't watch a dang on documentary on at least two of these damn wrestlers. They do get real injuries, but mm-hmm. that's a choice as a performer. If we're not performing, then I have a lot of problems. Okay. And yeah, not, like, this is not a boxing match. And this goes, surprisingly, this discussion really fits in with ant-man because mm-hmm. of hank pym's history in the comics i think i talked about this before but there's uh i should have looked up the issue but like i said like when he became yellow jacket he sort of started manifesting like some psychological issues where like he was having like mental breakdowns he was overstressed and he was uh, and later this was sort of played up as guilt about ultron that was seeping into his head because he'd created ultron and ultron went crazy murderbot. Mm-hmm. And it was based on his own brain pattern. So he thinks Ultron is a reflection of his own brain. Anyway, uh, but there was a period of time where Hank Pym was kind of going off the rails. And the Wasp, Janet, was trying to figure out what was wrong with him. And like he was just like pushing her away a lot. And as I understand the story, they did the intention of the writer was to have like the sequence where... Hank Pym just kind of shoves her away and like he goes off to do his own thing. But in translation to the artist, who I don't think English was his first language, I wish I would have looked this up. Uh, the way it was drawn was he just hauls off and backhands her and knocks her onto the floor. And it's like oh. it becomes a spouse like and he that becomes was, a villain, right? At that point. And then he's a villain now. And pretty they, much. Or like he's like a, a yeah, like he's I think that's what put him in jail for a while but i i mean this is back in i think the late 70s 80s so it's not that clear cut i, I guess i was gonna say doesn't that make the reader 
yeah, feel some type of way about him right then and there. Like, right yeah, there that Jesus became year. the defining character. Like, for the longest time, Tony Stark had an alcoholic story. The defining characteristic, no, oh, Tony Stark, he's a drunk. He's, yeah, and until mm-hmm. the uh, Robert Downey Jr. sort of changed everybody's view of him. And this, like Hank Pym, what? Oh, he beats his wife. That became the thing that everyone associates with him. And for the longest time, he was kind of like. Like all you could do with him is have him be kind of in the background, and yeah, I was gonna say I would think that would be hard for you to sell readers on him, and like you're not gonna want to read about this guy now because he's that kind of person, you know. I mean, I think he spent like years being like contrite and apologetic, and and like I that wasn't me. I was having a breakdown and blah blah blah, and so like they found ways to try to rehabilitate his well and i image. feel like they, they have a good way to say it, like they did in this movie is they were he, he kind of says about the helmet is important because without it messing with your atoms and things changes your brain structure and mm-hmm. and they really played that up with uh darren cross and showed it showed him as like i, I like that moment towards the end where they kind of showed him like how that it seemed like he had that second of remorse like this isn't you darren it's it's messed with you this quantum changing has messed with your brain. You're not like this, you know, kind of thing. And, and, you... and what I just noticed this watch through is that little exchange when like he suddenly shows up in his house and he yeah. like, oh shit, how much does he know? He's like, what did you see in me? And he's like, I saw myself. Too much of my. Too much of my. Uh, that's like that ooh, this... he was like this too. Yeah, he's I had love all. That line. Listen. And yeah. that's that's I think a reference to the fact that Hank Pym was Yellow Jacket. And we lost in the comics. And, and we lost TBJ. No, I'm not only one night again. I'm right here. I think we lost you, Art. <laughs> Maybe it's me. Yeah, I think it's you. <laughs> it's you. We're all fine. I was gonna say I didn't go nowhere. I'm yeah. not even on my internet now. I was just on my phone. Yeah, but yeah, it was uh, like Hank Pym yeah, was Yellow Jacket, and Hank Pym was. Uh, so this is like oh it's so like Darren Cross is almost a reflection of the yellow jacket that he was in the comics. Well, I do. Almost. I feel like they did a good job of of depicting uh, Hank Pym in this. You could tell he's been through some shit. Like mm-hmm. he's kind of frazzled. Like he's I don't know if it's just Michael Douglas is an old man now, but you know, like they did a good job of him being like like an an old man that's been through. You, you tell there was some tension between Hope. And him and and Darren, like, who, you know? he's done some wrong things. He's yeah. guilty, but he thinks he's trying to do the right thing. But he know he's fucked up, and he can't quite deal with it. And yeah. he's dealing with it by becoming obsessive about at trying to get uh, his wife back, or the, which has resulted in him neglecting his daughter. Yeah, who uh, actually that character Hope Van Dyne uh, is or Hope him i guess she probably goes by van dyne in this because that's her mother's maiden name yeah so that's what i kind of wanted to ask you about is that so now i kind of understand scott in the comics but is she is hope does that does this happen in the comics where janet has disappeared into a quantum realm and then hope takes over or does none no of that hope is not really uh there's a version there's a hope alternate reality daughter of Hank Pym and the Wasp named Hope in this uh, they had a run of comics for a while that they wound up calling MC2 which was supposed to be like uh, we're going to set a series of comics in the near future where all of our current heroes have grown up and are like Peter Parker is old and his his daughter is Spider-Girl now Uh, and then they had Hope Pym who was uh, oh wow uh, he was one of twins that Hank Pym had with Wasp. And uh, so in the fear, that's when we have like Scott Lang's daughter, Cassie became, you know, uh, had the, became, I guess, stature or something. And she was, she took on the mantle and Hope was kind of like a villain uh, against Cassie. Cassie becomes a, a Wasp. No. Uh, well, in this MC2, I don't know a lot about it. I didn't oh. read a lot of this, but there's. I read up about Hope Pym, who was in 1999, Tom DeFalco okay. and Rob Friends. But uh, <clears throat> this is called A Next, which was the next version of the Avengers. And she was kind of like a villain for a while because she was mad that she didn't get to 
take on the mantle that Cassie had taken on because okay. it was Pim's originally. And it's a whole thing. But Hank does have a daughter named Nadia in the main comics uh, who is who became a wasp herself. And, okay. But but it was a daughter with his his first wife who we never really saw like we only seen in like flashbacks who he was like a widower before he married janet van dyne which is a whole other thing so i don't know if they'll ever do that but i uh, hope as a character was kind of created for this movie as she is here okay like, how can we have a young wasp and an old hank pym uh i guess that's that was a solution was let's kind of create a sort of new character based on with some elements of what is in the comics, but it's, it's generally a new thing. Okay. Wow. Okay. My head is swimming now. Like that's so much. That's so much. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But that's, uh, yeah. And art's back. We lost him for a second, but um, so, all right. So Scott says, no, he wants to stay out of the business. We get the, I love the little bit about my, my girlfriend left me or whatever it is. Somebody died. My, dead or whatever it was but i got the van or somebody was deported i can't remember what it was but it was it was like all a thousand million bad things and And that he said with a smile because yeah Luis Luis is so great in this every everything he does is just it's fabulous i love him uh and like that storytelling thing he does where like it's all flashbacks and everyone's speaking his his dialogue that's great and there was a meme going around for a while that everyone wanted to have the entire mcu recapped by luis (laughs) yeah (laughs) to have him tell the whole story of infinity war and i would be down for that he still can do that we still got time yeah i would love that i love that i actually this time i actually watched that part in slow motion like i kind of paused it and it was like okay what i'm breaking this because it's so fast i'm like okay who is and i wanted and i actually slowed that whole thing down as he's telling the story because i'm like is there some easter eggs in here is there somebody in the background i was totally expecting more than i actually got but it was it was kind of funny um but anyway we cut to baskin robbins because he says no i'm gonna be clean i'm gonna get a job and then he's at baskin robbins and just seeing paul rudd working at baskin robbins in general (laughs) is pretty funny yeah, uh, and, and the guy's screwing with him, like trying to order hot food, and he's like, "Want a fruit berries freeze or whatever it is?" <laughs> and then, of course, Baskin Robbins always finds out uh, that, that little Dale scene. And I watched the deleted scenes in this one, and that Dale guy is pretty funny. Uh, like, there's some improvising they did, I guess, that didn't make it in. That is pretty funny stuff. Uh, he's like, he goes off on like. How does he say? Uh, you know, is there anything I need to change your mind? He's like, no, not unless you buy all the Baskin Robbins and then decide you want to start hiring criminals and thugs and monsters. And then Paul Rudd says something like, "Yeah, I expect that type of shit from Cold Stone Creamery." And then they both <laughs> kind of bust out laughing, and that's kind of funny. So, but that guy's funny. He offers a mango fruit blast on the way out, uh, and then. T.I. says, yeah, Baskin-Robbins don't play when he goes home. Yeah, oh, Baskin-Robbins finds, always finds out. It's like, yeah, Baskin-Robbins don't play. That, just that whole thing is hilarious. Uh, so we meet Kurt and Dave at this point, uh, and they're all great, and the fun ensues. These guys are established. Um, and then Dr. Pym returns to Pym headquarters, and they don't even recognize him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, can I see your ID? Don't you see that picture there? Um and then we hear about the particle that could change distance between atoms while increasing density and strength. That's this whole the crux of how this thing works. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, I fell down a rabbit hole Googling, like, okay, is this is this possible? Like, is technically, if you could do that, could you shrink somebody? And there's tons of Reddit pages about that, and basically, no. <laughs> yeah, it's not real. Uh, there was I remember there was this there's some uh suggestion or something that there's an upper limit like say you could grow real big yeah which uh there'd be like a top limit that you could get before I kind of don't remember what the height was but before you could no longer really move properly because everything is too big and you can't you wouldn't be able like, to control like it. your musculature wouldn't be enough even if it grew to move the size of your 
arms or something like that. But that was just a weird, vague memory I have that doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and Darren Cross shows old footage from Hank uh, running around, and he, he does reference the tales to astonish mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, and he's, he plays the yellow jacket, you know, propaganda video. <clears throat> and then Hope and Hank have a secret conversation to kind of show that they are in what the kids these days call cahoots. Is that what the kids these days call it? <laughs> yeah. Is that a new, mean, no, cahoots? That's a newfangled young uh, a newfangled young bucks and cahoots. <laughs> Zoomer term. Yeah. Uh, and then, so they decided that what they have to do is to get to to get to stop him. They have this plan. Hope wants to do it, but Hank says, "I found a guy. Don't worry, I got a guy that can do this." And it cuts to Scott at the party, at his daughter's party. And, uh, <coughs> excuse me, where right away they're like, you, you can't be here. You piece of shit. You haven't paid any child support and all that. We established that Scott has this motive. His whole life is around this little girl, which is pretty sweet, I guess. You know, give him something to say, I guess. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it is. She's adorable. I mean, they did a good job casting her, I think. And they did a good job making that. Stepdad, douchey, but not, you still like him, but he's still, he's not Scott, you know, like, mm. they did a good job casting that guy, I thought. Yeah, uh, they did. Yeah, Bobby, Cannavale, uh, I think is how you say it. Uh, yeah, he's generally a pretty good dude. Yeah, it was good. Uh, and then we cut to the Frank bathroom scene. Uh, oh, yeah. Where he's like, hey, Frank, and then he zaps Frank into this little waste of shit and he wipes him up and ugh, it's all streaky and gross yeah it reminded <laughs> me of that the robocop Hi, scene where where uh dick jones confronts a guy who built robocop uh bob morton in the bathroom about it and it's just the, the weirdest little scene where like they make corporate threats and like he like brushes his hair and then grabs him by it it's just like the most awkward scene but ugh, this it's the same thing becomes that lump of junk and then uh uh, then Darren talks to Hope about how Hank is a bad role it was model. The, the, it was oh, yeah. Ganavi and Jelly, maybe, right? Yeah, maybe that was Ganavi and Jelly. He turned him into Ganavi and <laughs> Jelly. That's it. Yes. <laughs> Good callback there. Uh, anyway, so Scott, you know, uh, he's uh, what's his name? Darren's telling Hope. Talks about how Hank's a bad role model and father. And some of that, you know, kind of what you talked about. It's kind of what he's established in the comics. Uh and then Scott realizes that he can't see Cassie until he has an apartment and he can't get a job without an apartment and all this. And so he asks Luis about his tip and uh, he tells the wrong details. He's like, just tell me the important details. And then he tells him all about the, the wine, the specifics of the wine and the, you know, how I don't like, you know, I don't like reds, but they had a rosé that said, you know. Nice kind of storytelling. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's so great. What um, tangents? Tangents are good for us. We like what? tangents. We like tangents. Us? Yeah. Then, if you guys speaking of tangents, does anybody remember in Luis's story? Little quiz here. The name of the softball team that uh, they play on. His buddy plays on. Uh, is it the Gorillas? Nope. No. I don't know. They're the. They're called the Third Strikers. Uh, that's on, that's <laughs> on their shirts. It says the Third Strikers. So. I actually Google all over the internet because I thought somebody made a shirt, a jersey you could buy, you mm-hmm. know, the softball team in Luisa's story, and I didn't find them anywhere. <laughs> but uh, old man have safe gone for a week, and now we get a montage, <laughs> um, and it's heist time. We get right into this heist, yep. uh, and that lock tight fingerprint trick was really cool. You know, where he, oh, it's fingerprinted. Ah, we can't do that. Yeah. Oh, we're screwed. I got a plan. And I actually looked on the internet, and they said that actually is you can actually do that. Like that's an actual... were, were you trying to figure out all the things you can do for future criminal activities, there, Joe? <laughs> Maybe uh, Joe does not have the grace to be no. a cat burglar. <laughs> I, of I any would be. Sort. I Imagine be. that guy trying to break into a place. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> you're just picturing me drunk. I'm not always drunk. 
Yeah, you are. Mm, oh, yeah, I don't have that much confidence in you cat burglaring sober either, John. That's true. Hey, anybody here? <laughs> yes. Uh, He'd be checking out that toilet. Hey, buddy. Did you take a shit today? Uh, all right. So, uh, anyway, I was really impressed with that thing, and that establishes that Scott's really smart and he's a good criminal. And then the Carbondale Titanic iceberg thing. It's yeah. a Carbondale. You know, the Titanic was made of that. Um, that seems a little less plausible to me, but I, I didn't Google it. But that's chemistry. Ice <laughs> expands, metal doesn't. Um, and then we see that Hank is watching the entire thing with an insect camera. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. So that whole bit was good. I mean, I think that established Scott is super smart, great criminal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get the lamb trials with, you know. Darren Cross trying to Being a creep. shrink the lamb. Yeah. And this kind of, you know, Darren Cross is his first, the first Ant-Man story was, you know, he was an older guy that needed uh, heart transplants and constantly, and he kidnapped the doctor that needed to save Cassie wow. um, to just to be the person to uh, fix his heart. And he was just like harvesting hearts from random poor people. <laughs> so oh, he was pretty villainous wow and yeah. he and he died at the end of that first story so okay. but he was i wanted to mention this because i saw this at wikipedia like he was he's the cousin of a different character named crossfire whose name is cross and he was just, he doesn't even have enough to have an entry in wikipedia other than just saying he's the closest thing hawkeye has to an arch enemy <laughs> yeah, because a guy who just shoots a bow and arrow doesn't need an enemy. Joe, when, when we get off, when we get finished, Joe, trash you should uh, look up Robot Chicken Hawkeye. Okay. Because like, there's this whole skit on Robot Chicken with the Avengers, and I guess um, Natasha gets killed. But it was like the only reason Natasha was there, and they sexualized her. And then she gets killed, and then like Hawkeye does this whole thing like oh yeah i'm just a guy with the bow i don't even know why you guys keep me around and he's like crying <laughs> against the tree and i just crying <laughs> against the tree all of a sudden they start sexualizing him start <laughs> looking at his ass and everything but it's like robot chicken hawkeye you should look that up on youtube that's funny my father-in-law loves robot chicken i think it's so funny he didn't he doesn't seem like a guy that would love robot chicken but he does he watches it all every morning uh yeah so i think the way making this guy screw with lambs like baby lambs makes establishes us to hate him sacrificial lamb yeah sacrificial. he doesn't lamb. know the difference between lambs and mice yeah he's like what's it who cares they're just animals i don't think he gives a damn no his poor little right. babies and he already killed frank so he doesn't right give a shit. poor frank should we pour one out for frank is frank in the comics I don't think so. <laughs> You're telling me there's nobody named Frank in any comic books. That's uh, only Frank Castle, the Punisher. He's the only Frank. Probably more, but Frank Castle was one. You don't of think that. there's any of those fruit pie ads? It's like, hey, Frank, what's going on? Yeah, there's oh, pro- I'm sure there's about? Franks, and now I'm trying to think of another Frank that's not Frank Castle. I have to think about it. So, do we get a formal apology for you? Blankets stating this particular Frank, apology? the <laughs> Frank that gets killed immediately in Ant Man. I don't think he's in the comics. So, you're, are you apologizing to TBJ then? Yes, for misleading. <laughs> he did not her. offend me. Thank <laughs> you for the apology. Well, I'll apologize, and then you can just keep it in your pocket for the next time I go wrong. Ah, there, there you go. go. Yeah, and we will all remind Come you on. that he apologized already for whatever. Yeah. It is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So he gets one freebie to, all right, Andy, say your horrible misogynistic thing that you're going to say to piss her off. <laughs> we all know it's inevitable. I think Andy's the least likely candidate in that boat to piss me off out of the three of you. Oh, who's the most likely? Who's the most likely? Name drop. Name drop. Listen, you all know I who you I think I you know names. the order of my affection for each of you in, in my heart. You don't. Wow. <laughs> you don't think Annie's wow. gonna pull a Cam Newton? Can I? I feel like I feel like I, hope day not. We, I would be greatly that, disappointed. That did that feel like we had a special moment. I gave uh, TBJ um, a piece of candy. Oh my gosh! And I even I think I even said something like, "Don't ever say I'm never nice to you." 
I love how that one thing you did is <laughs> supposed to like <laughs> make up for everything. Well, Andy was, gave you a preemptive apology, and Art gave you candy, so now they. I was, two. I was like, what I did, I like. It was one. Of, I didn't even think about it until after the fact. I was like, that whole day, it was like probably one of the calmest days, and it's probably because our friend was there, and when I when our friend did there, I tried to like we you know we'll do some talking back and forth. But it breaks up the dichotomy between it. Play, it breaks it up between us because now it's like we're working together, so it doesn't feel <laughs> the same, right? So I'm like, but I said that like you know, I, after the fact, I was like, wow, I could use this just because I know it's gonna. It's not necessarily gonna be funny. It's gonna be corny, but then it still it, it leans to the sippiness of our time. Whoa! <laughs> it looks like we've run out of time. Join us next time as we continue our discussion on Ant-Man. Thank you for listening to the Nerd School Podcast. They say I can't rap about the president no more, but evidently they don't see we in the streets still poor. Still more incarceration of my kids been by the prisons and people thinking this election to end racism. Proud of a pessimism, glad to see Obama, but don't expect me not to speak out when I still see problems. The Nerd School Podcast. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com Listen, people can make fun of me for my holiday movies all we want to, but I'm like, are you alive? Did I fuss at you today? Did I yell about anything? All right, then. You're welcome. You better thank Hallmark for keeping me safe. <laughs>